It's Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. Before award-winning chef Jeff Michaud ever opened the doors of his acclaimed Philadelphia restaurants, he spent three years in northern Italy as a culinary apprentice to master butchers and chefs, immersing himself in the culture and cuisine of the old country. But it's safe to say he never anticipated that romance would ensue. And Eating Italy is his book. It's a delicious, funny, and mesmerizing spin through the boot, and he is joining us today on Amy's Table. Welcome, Jeff. How are you? I'm great. And yourself? Good. You know, I, I have to tell you, as I flip through the book, first of all, I want everything that's pictured. The, the images are just so delectable. But you have to start with the love story. Is that putting everything out of order, or can you tell me the love part first? Sure, sure. It, it goes a little out of order, but it's the most important part. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I moved to Italy in 2003 just with the intentions of, like, Burying myself in the Italian culture and and putting my head down, working every day, getting getting what I could out of uh, out of out of learning from every chef that I was going to work for. Um, but in 2004, it was about eight months after I I, uh, I I moved there, I I met a I met a girl that came into the dinner that came into the restaurant for dinner actually with a with a mutual friend of ours, and um, and I think he had it in his mind. He knew what he was doing. He was he was setting us up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I didn't really say much to her that night. I said a couple of words. My Italian was kind of, you know, very, very limited at that time. Um, and but when when she left, uh, I called my friend up. I was like, "Dude, who was that?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> call her up and see if she wants to come out to dinner with us tomorrow. <laughs> and the rest, as so, they say, huh? And the rest is history. Yeah. yeah and and I understand. And, you still remember what she ordered? Yeah, yeah, she had uh they had a uh a tasting menu, a meat tasting menu. They had some Piemontese beef with uh, asparagus. They had um Palafrosia's poached eggs with uh Taleggia fonduta. Um I think they had grilled uh Treviso with sweetbread and, and parmesan cheese. Uh um uh, pork shank asabuco. And then her, this famous chocolate cake we make, this molten chocolate cake, that's really good. Oh, I have to steal a line and say, I'll have what she's having. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really good. Well, of course, you started uh, with a butcher, as a butcher's apprentice in Italy. And I have to say, I went to that, it's probably, I hope it's the truth, the oldest butcher in Italy, in Tuscany. Do you know the place I'm talking about? Dario Cecchini. It's down the stairs. Is that the... Place. I can't remember the name now, but I hope I wasn't told it was the oldest and it wasn't really. But what a tradition in Italy, first yeah. of all, butchery. And tell us a little bit about what you learned in that stint. You know, I, st- I started in a little family-owned butcher shop in uh, Palladina, which is in the uh, region of Bergamo. Uh, the family, the butcher shop was actually called Mangili, which is the name of the family. And I remember arriving there my first day. It was like 4 o'clock in the morning. And, uh, and they were, it was the day that they were butchering all their veal. And there was a little old man, I think it was a father, that was in there. And I didn't speak Italian at the time. And, and he said a few words to me. And I have no idea what he said to this day. And he hands me a knife. And next thing you know, we're, we're skinning, we're, we're slaughtering veal and skinning and skinning them and, and, and uh, butchering them so they can, they can go age for two weeks. And then what the what the greatest part about the butcher shop is is that these these this family they raise all their own all their own animals 
they butchered all their own animals. They aged them all. And then right next door was uh, right attached to it was the uh, retail shop where people came in and ordered and ordered their meat. And, and to this day, I remember these little little old Italian ladies walking in and 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 ordering a half a cow. <laughs> and telling us how they wanted it broken down. We want the, the the shanks for braising. We want the ribs cut like this. We want this much ground. And it was just, <laughs> I was in awe the first time I saw that. Oh, I bet. I bet. And and that had to have impacted your future cooking, too, didn't it? Having the experience with the animal from the get-go. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, we, we all have such a, a concept of Italian food and so much of what we think is actually wrong, but did you go over and have any sort of myths busted when you really got immersed in the Italian culture? You know, when I first started cooking Italian food in the States, I was actually uh, working for my, who's my partner now, Mark Vetri, and, um, and he had lived in Italy for two years, so his, his restaurant, Vetri, was serving food from that region as well and and I pretty much, you know, knew that, you know, chicken parmesan and spaghetti and meatballs and baked ziti weren't uh weren't, weren't a classic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, but there was a lot more that I got out of there when I when I learned that when I lived there that uh, you know, was just priceless. Well, I know that that all chefs uh, are passionate about their food and their cuisine, but don't you feel like it's such a passionate culture, not just the chefs, but the mamas who come in and tell the butcher how they want it to the people ordering in the restaurants? I just think everybody takes their food so seriously, in a good way. Uh, Seriously might not be the right word, but passionately they take their food. I know there's lots of confusion for Americans about the difference between northern and southern Italian food. Can you give us a quick little one-on-one on that? Sure. In my experience, you know, I did most of my travels through the north. Um, recently, a few years ago, I went to Sicily. Um, I've been to Rome. And my in my experience, uh, the, the northern food is is a is more refined. Um, it's a little richer. They use a little more butter, a little more heartier cheeses, um, a lot of polenta. Uh, the further south you go, you know, things start to change. Like the olive oil starts to change. It starts to become less fruity and more spicy. Um, the cheeses, the style of cheeses start to change. They start to use a lot more fish. Um, they start to use a lot more tomatoes in their sauces. Uh, when I was in the north, I don't think I ever cooked a, uh, a tomato sauce the whole time I was there. Mm-hmm. And see, that's the thing. Everybody thinks that's just across Italy. <laughs> Marinara sauce. And, well, and part of that is geography, of course, right? And and that's the other part they take so seriously is they're not going to have something that's not regional so much. Yeah. You know, this farm this farm to table thing that uh that's hitting the United States now is something that that uh Europeans and Italians have been doing for for centuries. Exactly. They walk, and they and walk it's, out their door, they go to the garden, they pick their vegetable, they, they make they make lunch or they grab the eggs from the chicken or they kill the chicken and have dinner. <laughs> exactly. And that's so beautiful, isn't it? Well, it's funny, I, I had the opportunity to take a group to Florence and we took a class with a woman who has I believe her restaurant is called uh Trattoria Garga. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, she might be kind of well-known, and I'm forgetting her name. I should have thought of that before I even brought her up. But anyway, she had a few really terrific recipes that she taught us to make, and she laughed. She said, you know what? Everybody thinks this new trend in America of, you know, five-ingredient recipes. She said, in some respects, welcome to Italian cuisine. You know, it's not like everything is all that complicated. Sometimes it is very simple and so delicious. I know the recipe that you're sharing with us from the book for zucchini flowers stuffed with recovery 
ricotta and tuna. So gorgeous. Talk us through <laughs> making that successfully. I, I stole that recipe. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's, I mean, that's my mother-in-law's recipe. And uh, you know, it was actually, it actually came, she used to make these tuna and ricotta uh, pulpitini which are just another word for meatball, but uh, they're made with ricotta cheese and uh, canned tuna. And she would bread them and pan fry them. And then one day she would had like all these zucchini flowers in her garden. And she, she said, you know, let me, let me try stuffing this inside there. And she stuffed them inside the zucchini flowers, you know, you know sliced them of her zucchini and tomatoes from the garden and roasted it all in the oven. Oh. And uh, to this day, she's famous in her town for making those. <laughs> oh, that sounds really good. And don't worry, your secret's fake with us. We won't tell anyone you stole it from her. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you were to uh, suggest to my listeners today something to go home to make from the book Eating Italy um, that would be simple and yet guarantee success, what might that be? You know, the, the zucchini flowers are one, but they're definitely seasonal. Um you know, there's another dish, the, the, the wild boar bolognese. That, that's a great home, home, uh, hearty dish. And you don't have to use wild boar. You can interchange it with, uh, with ground pork. Um, but it's just a, it's just a good, I think it's a good starter on, on to learn how to make a, a classic bolognese sauce. Mm-hmm. And it tastes so much different than, uh, prego that you're thinking of as Italian pasta sauce. This is really yeah. something, <laughs> really rich tasting. And that would be, that's a great suggestion. Well, I'm going to put a link to your book on amystable.com. And of course, we will also send, do you have a website? Yeah, we do. It's, uh, Perfect. We'll put a link to that as well. But, Jeff Michaud, thank you so much for sharing your story, your love story, your food love story, and your beautiful book with us on Amy's Table. We really appreciate the information today. Great. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. For more, visit Amy's blog with Q102 online at WKRQ.com. 